Huntsman. What's with all the shouting? I go. My creation. It's coming to life. Simon, who, who is Igor? Igor, the time is at hand. Throw the switch! Yeah, it's still Simon. What switch? What the hell have you been doing down here in the basement? I'm trying to bring back to life that which was once dead. You mean your love life? No, not my love life. It'll take more than electricity to... No, never mind that, never mind that. This thing here on the table before you. Where the hell did you get all those body parts? See that? There's a bit of chicken, a bit of pig. Is that a bit of a donkey? Oh yes, he's going to be very popular with the ladies. He's... Are you mad? Mad? Me? Mad? No, I don't think so. Mother had me tested. Quite a lot of things, actually. Hell of a lot of things, now I think about it. And did you pass them? Yes, absolutely. Positive results for all of them. Uh, positive? What? Well, you know that means... Look, just throw the switch. This cadaver isn't getting any younger. Okay, anything for a quiet life? What, is, is it this switch here? It's just... Live, my beauty! Live! What? No! Not now! Simon, have you got 50p for the meter? The meter? I thought you were using the lightning. How am I supposed to do that? I've only got a 13-hour plug on this thing. I thought our bill was a bit mental. Anyway, no, I don't have any money. What am I to do? How can I raise money to carry on? Well, you could always appeal to our listeners. They could donate to us through buymeacoffee.com. Really? Yes. They simply send us the cost of a coffee, about $3, and that goes directly into running the podcast. Although, I'm going to have to say, not your crazy experiments. Well, it's a good job there are so many nice people out there who are prepared to sponsor us. There are. And thank you to everybody who sponsored us already. You can go to buymeacoffee.com, search for Revelation Station, and you'll find us there. You can donate a coffee, put it to good use doing things like this play what Gary wrote. I was working in my lab late one night When my eyes beheld an eerie sight My monster from the slab began to rise Suddenly, to my surprise He did the mash He did the monster mash mash. It was a graveyard smash smash. It caught on in a flash He did the monster mash That live event went quite well. Yeah, until that unfortunate end. Those poor ducks. Anyway, I thought we were going back up north to the pub. Where are we going now? Aha, a little side trip in old China. You see, I've had an idea. A new business plan. You've had an idea? Yes, I do have them occasionally. You have a business plan? Well, one of us has to. And you aren't very business savvy, are you? What's that supposed to mean? Well... You remember when you started that llama breeding business? Yeah. How many llamas did you actually breed? Ooh, hard to say, you know. Uh, It's hard to keep count all in all and taking losses into account. How how many? Uh, Well, rounding up, uh, uh, none. And how many did you start with? Just the one. Don't you think you should have got another one for, well, you know? What? After the first one was such a dud? I'm not throwing money away. You know, you kind of need two to, um, well, uh, you know, 
the birds and the bees and all that? Listen, I'm not getting involved in any more hair-brained animal projects after that, so you can keep your birds and your bees. Hmm, I can see we're going to finally have to sit down and have that talk. But anyway, back to my plan, and it's a biggie. To get more people into the pub, we, my friend, are going to start serving food. Serving food? But we can't cook. We can't dance either. But, and this is the clever bit, I only went and got a slot on MasterChef, didn't I? MasterChef? The cooking show? The very same. Oh, I don't know. What are we going to cook? Oh, here we go. Putting my ideas down. I don't see you coming up with any ideas. I know. But cooking... How hard can it be? We turn up, keep an eye out for usable recipes, get our faces on the telly, and BAM! Instant publicity for the pub and our new food service. How hard can cooking be? That mockney Jamie Oliver did okay. I watched him on telly, and he just cockneyed all the way through it. So as we're sober for once... Speak for yourself. It should be a pushover. Anyway, we have to be at the studio about now, and luckily, it's just around the corner. So if we get a move on, just here. Here we are, just up here. Let's go in. How did you do that with your voice, fading in and out like that? You can do that when you've been classically trained, like what I have. Nah, looks easy. Let me have a go. The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy cow. Oh. See? Classically trained. Here we are. Let's go in. May I help you two? Gentlemen? Yes, it's Gary and Simon. We're here to do the show today. Oh, OK. The Embarrassing Bodies studio is that way. No, no, no. Uh, we're here for MasterChef. Really? Oh, what, really? OK. Through those doors you'll find aprons on the left and then it's through the double doors into the studio. You'd better hurry there, about to start. Cheers. Come on, Simon. Did it again. That's so clever. Right, here's the aprons. Right, quickly, put them on, let's go. Right, I think this is our prep station. Ooh, look at all the knives. Swish, swish, swish. This is like sword fighting. Put that down, you'll just hurt yourself. They look very sharp. Ow! Told you. Now just put that down and just stand here like we've been here all the time. Okay, studio. Recording. We have two tests for you today, and at the end of this, one of you will be leaving us. Try to look professional, for God's sake. Your first test is a classic recipe. One hour and 15 minutes. Let's cook. Gary, what the hell are we going to cook? I mean, I do beans on toast. And I burn those. No, no, no. Not to worry, not to worry. I have everything in hand. We're going to start off with an old family recipe. Never fails to please. Here, grab this. And this. Uh, and this. No, not that. Not even sure what that is. It's a vegetable. Really? <laughs> well, you learn something new every day. Look out, Greg and John are coming over. Good to see you. It's a big day today, big day in the competition, big day for you. Do you have an idea of what you're going to cook for us? Well, we're working on it. Sorting out our ingredients, you know. Trying to identify them, you mean? Thank you, Simon. Do you cook? Yeah, we dabble a bit, you know. Yeah, we don't like to blow our own trumpet. We've, uh, we've got a few ideas. It's a sloppy approach, John. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. That's a bit harsh, but look. We can promise you that what we cook will be a big surprise. Yeah, surprise, that's probably the correct adjective. Everyone likes a surprise, but it, it should be a surprise to everybody apart from the cook. <sighs> Thanks for the vote of confidence. But if you gentlemen would like to leave us alone, we'll make the magic happen. Oh, honestly. Right, what are we going to do? Calm down, calm down. I've got this all in hand. We're going to cook a little thing I call Earth's Jambon Pain Frites 
Hericle Erotis. Ooh, classy. That's French, isn't it? Mostly. Wait a minute. Earths? Jambon? Pan frites? Haricot et rotis? Isn't that a full English breakfast? We can't get away with that. Something that simple would give us away as amateurs. You're forgetting my genius. No, don't think I am. Well, we'll raise the bar by making it special. Ta-da! You're going to put a pineapple ring on it. Bloody genius. I know, I know, right? Full English Hawaiian style. Come on, let's get frying. And partying. Well, that was very therapeutic. We have to stop banging these pans. It's not helping. We'd better get cooking. Pass me the eggs. Uh, those are these round things, yeah? No, that's an orange. But pass it anyway. I'll find a way to jam it into this recipe. I've put the toast on. And it suits you. But stomaching about. The bacon's nearly done. Uh, maybe a few more minutes. 30 seconds to go. Quick! Make it up! Hurry! Done! Great! Here they come. That's it. Time is up. I am flabbergasted. Well, at least we've got a plate of food. That's good. Damn it, that's just weird. This Rui is, is, is quite unusual, but it's only thick on the bottom and it's all liquidy on the top. That's actually the beans. We think. Oh, it couldn't have been worse, could it? No way to rescue that. Well, everyone's entitled to an opinion. It's just that yours is wrong. Tastes fine to me. <coughs> see? Nothing wrong with that. The next test, let's see what they can do. We know what they can do, John. Yeah, not very much. Gary, we've got to pull this one out of the bag. People are watching. If we do badly, they'll never eat at our pub. Don't worry. I've been saving this recipe up for our piece de resistance. We're going to blow up a bridge? No, not that kind of resistance. I have it all under control. As long as I have free reign over the ingredients and enough time, we can't lose this. Good to see you. It's a big day today, big day in the competition, big day for you. I have to tell you right now, it's bigger than you think. Today you will be cooking for two celebrity MasterChef champions and one of our exceptional finalists. These three have shown they understand what great food is all about. They know what is possible in this competition. You want to stay, today you've got to cook great food. So there's the rules. You have a set of ingredients. We would like one plate of food. You have just 50 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, let's cook. Bum. Don't panic. Let's have a look at the ingredients. Man, I don't know. What kind of vegetable is that? It's a fish. Doesn't matter. Grab some ingredients. I've got a foolproof way to make this dish really special. We ran out of pineapple rings. Well, that's just brilliant. We'll have to improvise. Grab the fish thing. Those wrinkly things. Onions. Yes, those things. The nose things. Carrots. And I'll grab this lot. Right, now then. I'll prepare this and chop that. You, uh, deal with the other stuff. And then we'll whack it in the oven and hope for the best. Hope you're right about this. Look out, they're coming over again. Because I believe you two have decided to... a little bit of infighting going on, is that right? Eh, I wouldn't say that. We get along famously. Stop talking to that idiot and cook, man! So really, you're, you're working in the dark here? Mm, no, no, I wouldn't say that. 
Look, would you two just sod off and let us cook? Or am I going to have to take this spatula and stick it somewhere where they can't broadcast? Gary, we're trying to show people our good side, remember? For the telly? I know, but I hate smart asses. Look, I've done all I can. I'll jam this in the oven and we'll just have to wait and see what comes out. Mm, fair enough. So, while we're waiting, do you fancy talking about Genesis? Right, that's in the oven, so we've got a little time. So this is Genesis, their 12th album. That's right, 12th album. Released October 83? Yep, um, they had a bit of a break after the end of the Three Sides Live Encore tour. Yeah, about eight months, wasn't it? Eight months, yeah. They all went off and did more solo stuff. Yeah, and then they came together in the spring of 83 and started Mm -hmm. uh, jamming for this one. That's right. Now, this was an unusual album, wasn't it? Because it's really the first album where they didn't come with any preconceived ideas or bits of music. Yep. Usually they sort of bring their ideas together and then form from those. But they literally just jammed this entire album. Yep, it's all from jam sessions and this was also the first album they rehearsed, wrote and recorded in the same room at the farm. Because the previous album, Abacab, they recorded it all at the farm but they had to use a different room when they were rehearsing and writing the songs. Mm. And this is, don't forget, this is the, the farm, the, the place that they built specifically to do this sort exactly. of thing. Which they built for the last album, didn't they? They yep. started building it before then, but this is the first time, as you say, where everything came together in one spot. Yeah, that's right. It was all in the same room. Uh, so the title is Genesis. Yeah. It's not Mama. It's no. not anything else. No. It's Genesis, and the reason it's Genesis is because they all collaborated equally yeah, this on the album. Yeah, because this was the first time they literally came with nothing pre-done, mm-hmm. they all brought it together. So they went, we'll just call it, it's the first album we've done as a whole, without anything being brought to the table beforehand. Yep, yep. And it seems that collectively writing everything worked, because this was another number one album yep. in the UK. Number nine in the US, which yep. isn't bad going. Five singles released from this album worldwide. There was their highest charting single with Mama in the UK. It was, I got to number four. Three videos released with this album as well. Yep, you got Mama, and you got Illegal Alien, and then you had That's All as yeah, well was released. Now this, this album was really a turning point for them, wasn't it? Because it was, it was much shorter, poppier songs. They said in an interview, that they've gone as far as they can with prog rock and they are now changing tack. And this album does have that feel. It it sounds completely different, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, apart from Home by the Sea. Yeah, which, which well, we'll come to, which is to still individual a... tracks as, as we get to exactly. them. But yeah, it's still Home a long... by the Sea is more traditional. Definitely this album has got a much more poppy vibe to it. Yeah, Tony Banks embraced the use of samplers on this album. He did. Um, so there's lots of sampled sounds here, which makes it, I think, sound very 80s. It does, but it also gives it much simpler sound than mm. we get from previous albums. I mean, you're down to the core instruments, and a, you know, it's not. It, you don't get that full orchestra sound. All right, they never had a full orchestra, <laughs> really. But yeah. you got a bigger sound previously because they had multiple instruments playing on it. But now you're down to a very simple sound. It's very clean yeah. in its approach that you've got these sounds. But as you say, you know, you, much more use of synthetic sounds as well, like the drum machines, yeah. which they use a lot in this. Yes. I mean, this album is, is really drum-led as well. Mm. Um, much more than their previous albums, yeah. where the drum has been a percussion instrument. Yeah, I mean, this is the first album, really, that isn't keyboard-led. Yeah. I mean, you think of Abacab, that dominates 
dominated by keyboard definitely. sounds. Whereas this this has obviously has keyboard sounds, but it's the drums that you really take away from this album. Definitely, yeah. Uh, things like obviously Mama, yeah. and then Home by the Sea. Definitely. They, yeah. Even the percussion on Illegal well, Alien. Think, so we're not going to go into exactly what we think about this album at the moment. We'll, we'll come to that later at the yeah. end of this and describe whether we liked this album and what we thought about it. This album has a definite different feel to the previous album. It does. This is a real branching off in a direction. We got a taste of that with Abacab, with the new sounds, although Abacab wasn't as poppy as this one. That's right. Although you say it's not as poppy, but th this album's really got a dark edge to it. I mean, you think of Mama, Home by the Sea. Definitely. Oh, yeah, real... there, was definitely, there was a definite dark edge to the lyrics, mm. but it's always kept light with the music. But, no, well, I don't, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, Mama's quite... This is going to end in a fight again, isn't <laughs> it? It is, yeah. Get out, uh, Mama's a really dark-sounding track, whereas there wasn't really anything dark on Abacab. No. You say Home by the Sea's dark, mm. but... I think it's kept light with the music. Mm. I really do. Because it's got that nice sort of melodic sound going through it. Mm. Especially when it gets to Home by the Sea Part 2, mm. which, is a, which is a much lighter track. It's not a dark track so by any stretch. I don't think it is a lighter track. This is definitely going to end in a fistfight. See, I, the Home by the Sea, I think the music fits the, the sort of the, the horror theme of its lyrics. And I think you could take some of the instrumental passages from Home by the Sea and put it as a horror film soundtrack and it worked quite well I think that's musically that's a dark track I think this album they've gone down the pop route to a certain extent mm. with the inclusion of the instrumental pieces mm. that still harks back to their rock roots yeah. doesn't it yeah yeah, I mean, it's still quite rocky. I mean, Home by the Sea is a pretty heavy track. It is. And Mama, I mean, the only way to listen to yeah. Mama is at full blast. Yeah. Because that really, really requires a certain level of sound to appreciate. It does. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think this is a poppier album. It's a different album to, yeah. to Abacab, but it is a continuation of the same sort of sound. But it's leading them down the sort of the path that they are wanting to get to, I think. Mm. But at the same time, I mean, what you were saying earlier that this is definitely a sound of the 80s. Mm. I disagree, because a lot of the sound of the 80s was very synthesizer there, and they've almost gone out of their way to go drum-led on this one, yeah. which wasn't something that was very prevalent in the 80s. Mm. And there was still, it was, it was a horrible time to I be mean, a music fan. I'm thinking more of the tracks on the second side of the album yeah. that are 80s sounding, I think. They don't sound like 70s or 90s tracks. They're firmly placed in the 80s. Yeah. So do you think, I mean, we, we the 80s was a horrible synthesizer town. If you liked music, and I know there was some great music around at that time, but it depends, you know, sort of how you approach it. I approached it from being really into the 70s sound mm. stuff. So a lot of it was still rock for me. Yeah. You know, um, and then the 80s came along and it was all horrible synthesizer stuff, which I know is very retro and in now. Mm. Um, but they kind of bucked that trend a little bit by going drum led. Yeah, I mean. You've got to compare, so this came out in 1983. The other big significant prog rock band that released an album in 1983 is... Yes. Which album was that? 90125 Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah, yeah. That one, Beverly Hills 90210, they released in 1983. Which was a great album. Which was a good album, but totally synthesizer-led. Yeah. Apart from, obviously, Owner of a Lonely Heart, which was famous for its guitar. And the acapella version of... Leave it. Yes. Dumba, 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 dumba. That one. I had the single, and you had mm. two versions on the single. You had the album version, mm. and then a purely a cappella version on the B side, yeah. which is great. Yeah. I think when they re released the 
the CDs a couple of years ago. They mm. included that as one of the extra yes. tracks. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, but anyway, so that was another big, significant album released in '83, and that was really, really synthesizer-led. Yeah, but then so, at the same time, you had bands like Human League and Haircut 100 yeah. and various other ones, yeah. Simple Minds. Yeah, uh, well, this time as well. Hmm. Well, Simple Minds later, actually. No, they were coming out about this time. Yeah, yeah so you had Simple Minds and bands like that, mm. but they were all very synthesizer-led. Yeah. But, I mean, they weren't prog rock bands, though. They no, were pop they bands. weren't, yeah. Whereas the prog rock bands, they were fully embracing this synthesizer sound as well. Yeah. So. But then the rock bands were going in a completely different direction as well. We mm. had a lot of... New wave of British heavy metal. Uh, and a lot of American, what I could refer to as hair bands, yeah. you know, with the big hair and the makeup. Yeah. They were coming out, all right, that was later, that was later 80s. Yeah. But we were starting to get a bit of that. Uh, yeah. Motley Crue released. Yeah, maybe with Motley Crue and Bon that, Jovi were yeah. releasing their first uh, few bon albums. Bon Jovi was. Yeah, Bon Jovi. And you, and you say I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, I know Bon Jovi was 83 because I went to see Kiss hmm. at Leicester de Montfort Hall and Bon Jovi. We're supporting them. Yeah. Never heard of them before. Yeah. Um, wish you'd never heard of them. Wish I'd never heard of them since, <laughs> yeah. But no. why, why are you going to see Kiss? Kiss are awesome, man. <laughs> Member of the Kiss Army. Whatevs. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, so you know, we had... We had actually, now I think about it, 1983 was bloody brilliant. So, in conclusion, everything about, the the 80s the was, everything about the 80s was amazing. The end. Oh, no. I take it back. And we have Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So not everything was great in it. Yeah, but they. But I think they properly. The prog rock bands were trying to embrace this sound. The new sound. And use it. Yeah. Get down with kids. The new sound. New dimensions in sound. Mm. And some of it worked really well. I mean, we, we. To be fair, we did get some classic albums out here. We did. And yeah. um, I think this is one of them. I mean, we just had Hot Space by Queen the year before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> that wasn't a good thing. That was not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, I think some of it worked, some of it didn't. I think Beverly Hills 90210 from Yes, that worked pretty well. Yeah. That was. It was a great album. Did this album work well? Should we leave that to last? Should we leave that to the end? Yeah. Let's I leave think that we'll, to the we'll end. leave our thoughts till after. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. But. Um, but returning for this album, we had Hugh Padgham, engineering yes, again. He engineered Abacab. He's worked with Peter Gabriel. Um, I think he worked on Phil Collins' solo albums as well at this point. So he's come back. He's engineering, though. The band are producing the album. Mm. He's just engineering. Which I think is basically, they go in, record everything, say this is it, and then he goes in and goes, right, let's sort that all out. <laughs> That's pretty much what an engineer yeah. does. Again, they've gone with the simplistic cover. Mm-hmm. No more, no more fancy artwork. No, they've hen- gone to the. Hence, it's sometimes referred to as the Shapes album. Yeah. When I went to the record shop and I saw this album, it was very striking. Mm. Even though it's a, you know minimal two colours, mm. it really stood out. Yeah. It was a good cover, I thought. Yeah. I'm not so keen on it to be honest. I think it's a bit too simplistic. It's not a bad cover, and it is. To be fair, it's probably their most iconic cover that they ever had. Really, you think? I mean, as in terms of it's instantly recognisable as that's a gen- that, that Genesis album. That is true. I think that a few true. of their other albums, although whether they're good or not, I don't think they'd be... No, some of the earlier ones like um, Wind and Wuthering and that could mm. be mistaken for a lot of yeah. prog rock covers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I love Wind and Wuthering. It's yeah, yeah, probably yeah. my favourite album cover they've done. But yeah, th- they could be just mistaken for any old prog rock band, whereas I think this one is... Boom, that's Genesis, there it is. Yeah. But then um, you could say the same thing with Duke, because I think that's striking as well. Yeah, it's, it's a good album cover. Yeah. 
but it's not an iconic album cover. It's not one, if somebody were compiling a list of the top 100 album covers from the 80s, I think this one would be in it. I don't think Duke would be. No, no, I agree. I think Duke's a better album cover. Yeah, so do I think I. this is more. But this, this is quite striking. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, no logo. No, they're still not doing logos. Mm. But then again, this is a perfect time not to do logos because mm. they're, they're trying to rebrand themselves. Well, exactly, and Yes did the same. They didn't use their classic Yes logo they on this didn't, album. Didn't did they? They went with that whole sort of yeah. typeface. Yeah, the thing. funny sort of prong thing yeah. as well. So they're trying to get away from that, the past in that case, which obviously Genesis never do, but they're always progressing. Mm. So they went into the studio and apparently the sessions went slowly at the start. That's understandable when you're jamming. Yeah, um, but apparently Mike Rutherford said after the second day they hit a groove and everything really came quickly after that and they started to compose and jam and put things together and come up with ideas after that. One idea they had was that Mike or Tony might sing a track or two. Yeah, I heard about that. Mm. Let's just say, thank goodness they decided not to do that. I think the thing is, they're trying to change so much on this album with a new sound. I think if they'd also changed the vocal stylings, mm. that would have been a touch too much. I don't think they could have changed too much because mm. they're already on a, an unsure footing with their traditional fans. Because this is so different. I mean, if you mm. imagine you've, you've grown up you know, with their previous album. Yeah. This is not the band you started with, even vaguely enough. We, we, we had some of that with the last two albums, you know, because they were, they were changing. Mm. But this is now completely new. Well, let's put this into perspective. This came out in 1983. In 1973, they released Selling England by the Pound. Oh, that's spooky, isn't it? Those two albums are so different. It's yeah. unbelievable. If you, if you set somebody down, no way would you think these were by the same band. Yeah. Th that's the contrast. That's how much they progressed in just ten years. Yeah. I mean, think of bands now that have released an album now and released another album ten years Most ago. Most of them are touring again They're with the same stuff. But they probably sound the same. Yeah. Mentioned them several times with Interpol, one of my favourite bands. Love them to bits. But the album they released this year sounds very similar to the album they would have released 10 years ago. Hmm. Some bands, Instantly recognised. Some bands like sticking with the same formula. Yeah. And Which, don't get me wrong, that's, that's worked fine. fine. Yeah. But Genesis did want to progress. And really? they have progressed, but they've now progressed to a point where they're unrecognisable. Hmm. Exactly. Which is which could be a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. You know, we'll discuss that at the end. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, they're definitely a different band now. Yeah, I, and I'm, you just wonder how that does affect the people who are now going to see them on tour. This is the first album they've released since The Lamb, where all the credits were collective to the group. So that as well, that kind of puts it into perspective. They've gone from one extreme to the other and back again. So they went individual credits back to group credits. And in many ways, this is written in a similar way to The Lamb. Really? In that they jammed Did they jam pieces. The Lamb? I didn't realise I mean, they, they did take, I know they did pieces, yeah. yeah especially did, the instrumental part. They take stuff in, but a lot of the instrumental stuff they jammed and then Pete Gabriel came in with his lyrics. In this case, they've jammed all the music and then one or other of them has written, gone away and written the lyrics. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, in many ways, it's what they've always been trying to achieve with this. And Tony said that this is this is the sound they were trying to get to. In the very beginning, they were looking for poppy, shorter tracks. Because originally, they were writing yeah. or trying to write pop songs. Exactly, they? exactly. The first, the whole they point... They really started just writing to sell. The whole point of From Genesis to Revelation was for them to showcase what they could write for other people. Yeah, and now they've got to the point where well we can do what we like now we, like, like I've said in an earlier podcast technology's caught up with them they are now at a point where te technology will let them do the sort of music they wanted to do all along mm. and this is that point from now I don't think they're going to progress their sound significantly 
No, it's just a shame that they did all the good stuff before they got to this point. Mm. Ooh, controversial. I know, but I, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, we will see later what I think of this album. Yeah. But I, I like their old stuff better. I really do, preference-wise. Yeah. I think it's a richer sound, mm-hmm. and I think it's more complex and interesting to listen to from the point of view. Yeah, well. We'll get on to that later. We'll get on to I that. Know, but. So they went on tour. Um, it began in November 1983 in Normal, Illinois. Just out of interest, why are they always touring the States and never the UK? Well, in this particular tour, it was all North America, apart from the last five dates, which were all at Birmingham NEC. Did they hate Britain or something? Bear in mind, though, that this is their biggest American album so far. Mm. This is hit bigger yeah. than even... And then there were three. So they're really funneling their efforts into America. Some big hit singles from this album in America as well. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, at this point, they must be thinking, well, we're not going to do any better than this. We'll see if that happens in future. That is true. But at this point, they only did five dates in the UK, but they did film them and released it as a video of the Mama Tour. I haven't seen that. No, I haven't seen it either. Um, because it's never been released on DVD other than in the DVD movies box set, which is now at print. Ah. Um, so I'm never going to see it. No. So if you wanted to get one, you could probably get one, if you're lucky, and find one cheap, 150 quid on eBay. When you say cheap. Yeah, I mean, it's got it's got Mama Tour, it's got the Three Sides Live, it's got the Invisible Touch Tour, it's got the When in Rome 2007 thing in it, uh, and I think it might have a disc with the Shepperton Studios 1973 in it as well. No, we watched the... It's not really worth it. No, we watched the Three Sides Live a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Mm. We weren't yeah. really impressed by that, were we? No, no. I mean, luckily, I think they learned from that, and they just released concert videos after this. Which is what you want, Which you, you buy want. a exactly. live DVD exactly. or I mean, the, the, the Mama Tour and the Genesis Wembley DVD both have extras which are making ofs and interviews with the band, rather than putting them into the middle of a performance. Yeah. So, from that point of view, it'd be much better. Maybe, maybe we'll do a commentary on one of those. If we can find them. Maybe we won't. Who knows? But anyway, so that tour was recorded, um, and they opened their set with... Can you guess? Bearing in mind, it's going to be from Abacab. Yes. Abacab? No. They opened it with Dodo Lurker. Oh. Which, which proves what I said when we did Abacab. I thought Dodo would have been a good opener for the album. There you go. And so there you go, open the set. Also, during the sessions where they were writing tracks for this album, they came up with ideas for a track called A Call to Arms, right. which they didn't use, Okay. which then Mike Rutherford used in his first Mike and the Mechanics album in 1985. Mm. So, Steely. Mm, so he got their permission, and then he finished it off with his songwriters on the album. So that album is credited to Collins, Banks, Rutherford, and whatever the other two are that wrote Mike and the Mechanics. Some people. Yeah. yeah. Mike and the Mechanics' first album is the only good Mike and the Mechanics album. Controversial, but true. Haven't they just released one this year? Yeah, that was all re-recordings oh, of older tracks oh. with these new band. Yeah. There you go. May have gathered, listeners, that I'm not a big Mike and the Mechanics fan. We'll leave that for another time. When we do the Mike and the Mechanics podcast. Yeah, the Mike and the Mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Not on. gonna happen. So. So. Let's talk about the first single in the UK. Not the first single in America, though. No. Second single in America. Oh. Which was. Mama. Mama. And, uh. <laughs> Can you smell burning? Oh, oh, hang on. Can you see Ginger Mama? But I can't hardly wait. Oh, to touch and to feel Ginger Mama. Oh, I just can't keep away. In the heat. 
got me running And the judges can't breathe So say you help me, mama Cause it's getting so hard So that was Mama It was it was their biggest hit in the UK. In fact, I think it might have been their biggest, might still be their highest charting single in the UK. It got to number four. Wow, great sound. Yeah, really, really good really start good. for the album as well. Again, yeah. another powerful start. Yeah, they. I don't think they have a single bad opening track no. on any of their albums. No, I agree. They, yep. they, they start strongly on all their albums. Mm. So this, actually, that drum pattern, you would think that was Phil's drum pattern. No, it's a drum machine, isn't it's it? It's a drum machine. It came, Mike came up with that Mike bought his drum machine in that he got for yeah. Christmas yeah 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 exactly. hey guys look what I got for Christmas <laughs> sort of look at my drum machine it was like but, but, but I'm the drum man but I, I play drums <laughs> not now Phil we've outsourced you to a machine we don't need you no more Phil perhaps that's why he left uh, I, 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 that's perhaps why he left only ten years later that wasn't us doing an impression <laughs> by the way that was an actual sound bite from that recording it was we went back in time and recorded back in twelve. Lie on the wall. Yeah, but again, yeah. this was one where they, where they came in literally, put the drum machine down. They were farting around with it, and they jammed this track mm. from this drum machine sound. Yeah, yeah. It led the whole thing. But it literally sounds nothing like anything they've recorded before. No. I mean, yeah, fair enough. Something like Abacab sounds different. But it's still recognisably Genesis in parts. Yeah, this isn't at all. This is no. This could be just a brand new band. Yeah, really. I mean, it's real. But I really like this track. It's so strong and intense. Yeah, it carries you right into it. Yeah. I mean, you, you're hooked from from the get go with yeah. this track. Just that drum beat draws you in. Mm. It's really, really good. It is. But as we said in the intro. Really best when it's loud. Yeah, listen to it on headphones as well, just so good. Yeah, it blows you away, doesn't it? Yeah. I actually had the, uh, when they released this as a single, I got the 12 inch version, yeah. which had even more drumming on mm. it. It was yeah. awesome. It has an extended version of this track on it, doesn't it? There's actually three versions of this is there track. Really? There's the extended version, which mm-hmm. is the full version that was on the 12 inch single. Right. There's the edited version, which was on the 7 inch single. Mm-hmm. And then there's the album version. Wow. So the edited version is about five and a half minutes long, the album version is about six and a half minutes long, and the extended version is about seven and a half minutes long. And you've got all three of these, I, haven't I, you? You must have. You're that tragic. I don't think I've got the edited single version, to be honest. You're lacking in some way. Yeah. Wow. I'm lacking. I'm less of a man. <laughs> do, you, do you feel it? Do I feel, you? I feel less of a fan. Because <laughs> I've not got it. To be honest, I don't think you need three versions of it. I think the perfect version is the album version. Yeah. It's just long enough not to get boring. I don't think the extended version adds anything significant no, extra to it. I, I just seem to recall it was a long time ago, because obviously when I had the 12-inch, it was on vinyl, mm. and I haven't had a record player for so long. Um, but I seem to remember it, it was just more drum intro. Mm. Yeah, I think it went on for a bit longer, and I think a little bit outro yeah. was a bit longer. And then the edited version just kind of... It's edited halfway through a minute, so it, it kind of it's a bit jarring where it jumps mm. and I mean we said that this is such a different sound for them mm-hmm. but at the same time I think it's one of their classic tracks it is it's, a, it's an absolute classic yeah so it deserves to be up there with 
The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Yeah, it's, it's so Ellen powerful. Or Yeah, it's a brilliant track. Yeah. It's just incredible. And again, you know, they are trying to be more poppy in that, but as you were saying in the intro, it's got that darkness to mm. it that draws you into this. Yeah. It doesn't feel, even though it's pretending to be a pop track, yeah. it doesn't feel like a pop track. I mean, think about it. This is a top four UK hit, which is either, depending on who you speak to, it's either about a teenager's obsession with an older prostitute or theory that I've not heard before until I started looking into this. It's uh, the fetus singing to its mother from the womb. Okay, that one's slightly more disgusting. Before she has an abortion. Really? Apparently. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, now that's dark. So let's take that and put that into context of this was being played on Radio 1, prime time, during the day. Oh, well, they played Frankie. <laughs> they played Frankie's... Re- Frankie goes to Hollywood's relax yeah. before yeah. they twigged what that was about. Yeah. Which but, was very funny. Yeah, but they, yeah, but they didn't ban Mama. No, they didn't. No. That's because none of them are <laughs> weird enough to think of that particular yeah. But even if you take the lyrics directly as read, Phil has said he wrote the lyrics, he he said this was about a teenager's obsession with an older prostitute. So it's not about Mama, it's literally his mother. It's about the prostitute. So even so, this is a number four UK hit single. This was being pl- this was probably on top of the pops. See, that's, the thing is, now you've told me that second possible <laughs> meaning, I'm feeling quite uncomfortable listening to this track now. Yeah. Wow. I wish you hadn't told me that. I really do. <laughs> I really do find that quite upsetting see, see, I as, don't, a, as an idea. I don't think that's true. I think that's just some fans come up with that and go, oh, this is about that, isn't it? Whoever came up with that is a very dark song. They're very, yeah, very twisted individual. Maybe, maybe they should talk to someone. Yeah. Are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? Is everything all right at home? Yeah. Tell me about your mother. <laughs> Mama! Mama! I'll tell you about my you mother. You were desperate to get you singing on here. Oh, yeah. So anyway, what do we think of this track? Good? Bad? Ugly? I really love it. I, I love all the little bits about it as I well. I absolutely adore this track. It's I mean, so powerful. Yeah. And Phil's little laugh that he took from Grandmaster Flash. They apparently, when they were recording this, they were worried he wouldn't be able to do that. Mm. Yeah. What's so hard? Yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> Man, it's like you're practicing for your old age in the park. Hello. Hello. I'm Aquila. Um, but I mean, he did those sort of. Rows he was doing those on, all the time on three sides yeah. live, wasn't he? All yeah, the time. Yeah. So yeah, so don't see why he wouldn't have been able to. No, but uh, apparently they were worried about that. Yeah, yeah. No need to worry about it. But I mean, it's a really, really well delivered vocal as well. But I like all the little bits in the in the background as well. There's like a nice little keyboard bit. I'm not. I think it's a keyboard bit. It could be a sort of a strum on a guitar. But it goes, it goes do 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 do, and then the background goes do 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 do. Do, 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 do. Like that. I really love all the little bits. When you're shooting headphones, you really pick up all the little tiny you bits. You do, you do. That, yes, that, that melodic yeah. point is very nice in that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they didn't choose this as their first single either. It was their manager and the record company wanted this as the first single in the UK. Wow. Which they were really surprised about because they they didn't think it would get chosen as a single at all. Um, but, but it's when so powerful. It, yeah, it, it is. But I mean, when you think about it, it's not an obvious single. Not not we consider at the time yeah. there was a lot of, shall we say, dance music yeah. in the charts. Not disco because yeah. that had that gone. But we were getting a lot of like Dexys and Midnight Runners and things in the charts that but, were played at your little school disco. Even, this was not going to get played at the disco. Even harking back to nine oh one two oh, by yes, Owner of a Lonely Heart is an obvious single. Yeah, 
Very obviously, that's very. a catchy. Yeah, you can dance to that. You can very radio sing friendly. along to it. Radio friendly single. This is complete contrast. Mama yeah. is just. It's it's dark and it's powerful. Brooding and dark and not something scary. you would have expected to listen to on the radio yeah, at that exactly. point in time. Exactly, um, but it did well for them. But it did really well. We got to number four. Yeah, um, didn't do very well in America as a single. Though. Really, not, not at all. No, don't think it charted at all in America as a single. That's surprising. Yeah, but in in, in the UK, we loved it. We did. We like those it. creepy things. We like creepy things we in like, England. We like creepy things over here. Very, very, very disturbing. <laughs> All right, so... Oh, one more interesting fact about this track. What do you mean, one more? You haven't said one yet. <laughs> All right, one interesting fact about it. Okay. Apparently, Steve Hackett said this was his favourite song they did after he left the band. Really? He, he said he thought it was a really, really good, dark, interesting track. He and he was great. right. And he was right. So, mm. Steve Hackett loves it. If Steve... If, thumbs up from Stevie. Thumbs up from Steve. There yeah. you go. Before we go into the next track, do you want to make sure you put some more milk into your sauce over there? Looks like it's starting to thicken up. We haven't got any more milk. That's all. Save the sauce. So that was that's all. Yeah, what a complete contrast to Mama. Wasn't it though? But I liked it. Yeah. But um, very keyboard led as opposed to the previous track. Yeah, it was. Um, it's a nice little pop song, I think. It is, even though it's about failing relationships. Yeah. So it's still with the downward spiral into depression <laughs> with yeah. the lyrics. But yeah. what a great track. Yeah. I mean, this was the big hit in America for was it? Number six, this one got to. That's so, pretty good in the US yeah, charts. Yeah, I mean, you got to number 16 in the UK. This might have been, I think this was the second single in the UK, the first single in the USA. So, did really, really well for them over there. Mm. Um, but yeah, this was a uh, Beatles pastiche. Is it really? Me. Yeah, so Phil was trying to channel his inner Ringo. Um, <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> and Tony came up with a little piano riff that they thought sounded a bit Beatlesy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this was a really single, like we say. Um, Oh, do you want to uh, just turn that pan off? Well, that's burn. Got it. Cool. Got it. Um, but yeah, this the video for this was them dressed as homeless people. I remember. Yeah. 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 Um, which doesn't really fit with the no, song. No, because when they were when they were making the video, the director says he couldn't think of anything that the music inspired him to as in storyline. Yeah. So he literally had them in hobo clothes, leaning against walls, singing. Mm. Um, which was fine because. I was, I, when I read that, I was trying to think, what would you put on screen that wasn't depressing? Yeah. I mean, 
as I say, it's about failing relationships. Yeah. There's nothing nice you could put on screen, yeah. so at least this, this remained atmospheric. But more importantly, it's about being trapped in a failing relationship, isn't it? It's like, I would leave, but I can't go. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's quite depressing, really. Nice little jaunty number. Depressing lyric. Yes. <laughs> Whereas, at least, you know, Mama wears its depressive, creepy... On its sleeve. On its sleeve, yeah. Yeah. Whereas... That's so all, this one's so hidden in the background of this jaunty little I'm number. I'm so happy, I'm going to kill myself. La, 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 almost. Yeah, yeah. But I liked it, yeah. I liked it. This, I was, a, this was a nice little sing-along mm. as well. You know, as you're bombing along in the car or what have you. Yeah. This on the stereo, you can quite sing along. It is, it. it's got a really catchy refrain. It has. Um, yeah. And it is the obvious single, I think, on the album. Yeah, I would, I would release this as a single over, over most of the things. Mm. If you wanted to get something that was very radio-friendly, yeah. and this is certainly that. Definitely is, but yeah, that, that's a, that's something uh, that we're going to see a lot more of in future Genesis is radio friendly yeah. stuff. I mean, a lot of criticism for them in the eighties is that they went commercial pop, and I think this song you could point out and say, yeah, maybe you've got a point there, maybe, yeah. Yeah, fingers definitely pointing at this one. Isn't yeah, it? but yeah, it's, I, I don't like the track. I've not really got anything bad to say about this track. I think no. it's a nice little jaunty tune. No, I, I love enjoy it. it. It's good yeah. to sing along. It is simplistic. Yeah. If a little bit depressing. Yeah, but the thing Probably. is, the music is so lifting yeah. that if you don't read into the lyrics, you can just jive along yeah. to this and bop along to it. Yeah, nice little bass line to it as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But as you say, a nice chorus and refrain that just just tides it over so yeah. you keep rolling along. Yeah. It's a nice track, I like. Yeah, cool. Not really anything else to say about that. It's... No. Yeah. So um, this leads us into Home by the Sea. Home by the Sea. Second home by the sea. Slash. No, there's no second slash, is there? There's no, no, no. One slash. No. But this is this is this track is really harkening back to the old days. It in is. the fact that it's a definite story. Yep. And it almost like um, you like the story songs, don't you? 
I do, I do. This takes you back to, uh, or takes me back certainly, to One with the Vine. Mm. Um, in the fact that it's a Twilight zone kind of yeah, story. Yeah, exactly. Very Twilight Zone. Yeah. Typically, it's Tony Lyric as well. Is it? It is. There you go. There that you explains are, it. a connection. This track, when it starts, draws you straight into it with mm. that boom, boom. Yeah. And, you know, you automatically like this track yeah. because of the music. It just yeah. starts and you go, ooh, where's this track going? And here we go again on our own, going down the only road we've ever known. No. So here's another example again of what we were talking about earlier, where the keyboards kind of put to the background a little bit. That straight away you've got that guitar intro and then the drums. So it's yeah. guitar and drums all the way through. And yeah. It's not until you get to the second home by the sea in the, the spooky middle passages that we get the keyboards the keyboard come in. Yeah, so it's, again, it's that banding the keyboard sound a little bit. But this is, a, this is a great song. I love it this song. It's, it's not only because it is uh, an interesting uh, theme, mm -hmm. but also because it's a really great sound. Yeah. It really draws you in. It does. I mean, all obviously, as with everything on this album, it's all done from improvisation, from jamming. Um, but apparently they recorded several versions of this that were 30 minutes long and then edited the bits they liked out really? into the final piece. Well, because it's very well sung as well. Yes. And it's, it's sung like he's telling a story yeah. rather than just singing the lyrics. It is, yeah. I mean, like we said before, it's very Twilight Zone-y, yeah. you know, trapped in the, the house. I like to think it's the same um, criminal from Robbery, Assault and Battery finally getting, getting his comeuppance. Come uh, so he kills that man and then gets away with it and then he tries to rob this house and gets trapped there forever. You live in your own little world, don't do, you? do, yeah. That would be like that would be like the episode of The Twilight Zone, wouldn't it? It would, wouldn't it? Exactly. <laughs> He'd be escaping yeah. from the cops and the criminal. Gets into a house where he thinks he's safe and, and he's surrounded by ghosts yeah, who exactly. draw him into their world. There you go, you see. So I think, I, I like to think it's the same criminal. Yeah, as long as you sleep better at night. I do, that, yeah. 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 But, I mean, Phil came up with the drum pattern and then Mike and Tony improvised around that and that's what they did. They, came, they spent two hours on one day jamming to it and recording it and then two hours on the next day jamming and recording it then edited like 30 minute bits out and then edited it down again until it was all that. Then what they did with this album especially, once they'd edited the bits together that they liked, they then learned what they played and re-recorded it all. Oh, okay. So although it came from improvisation, yeah. this isn't the improvisation, this is re-recorded. Now that this album so far, they've, they've gone for a, a poppy... Hmm. Uh, vibe yeah and maybe trying to get a new set of listeners mm. um, their old listeners have worn out I don't know if they've worn out but there's, you have to wonder how many of their old listeners were now following them still mm. yeah um, because they have changed so much but then the second home by the sea mm. you've got this huge musical passage yeah. what do the pop fans that are buying this as a pop album mm. How are they dealing with this musical interlude? Well, do you think at the, this point in their career that there are pop fans buying their albums? I don't, I'm not sure there are at this point. There must be, because they've never charted heavily before. Mm. So there must be new people out there buying this stuff. Yeah, I mean, there must be. But you don't get to number four in the charts just from your old school fans buying it. No, you don't. A track. No. So yeah, it must be new people. But but are they pop fans at this point, or are they still rock fans at this point? Uh, we're getting a lot of new wave and everything mm. at this point, were we? So yeah. um, maybe people were experimenting with them to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah. Like Genesis were experimenting with this sound. Mm. But you just wonder how you know. Say if you were at the time a big fan of Madness mm. or whatever, you've now come into this, and suddenly you've got this large instrumental piece, which is probably different from the kind of music you're used to with your Adam Mance and whatever yeah. that were prevalent for them. But time. then you could say that about any period of their career, really. I mean, you know, when, when I Know What I Like was a big hit, did somebody who just knew that song then get blown away by Dancing with the Moon at Night as soon as they put the album on? 
Possibly, but I'm just thinking because they are changing style so much and obviously attracting new fans, mm. I just wonder how these new fans reacted to this kind of music which they may not have been given to before. Maybe some of the fans that were around at the time that came in for this new album because of the singles could email us and let us know, revelationstationpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what everybody's favourite actual Genesis album was. Because mm. as we've been doing this, you know, certainly I've been more influenced by the older albums than I thought I would mm. be. Because when I started listening to Genesis, it wasn't this particular album, it was a couple of albums ago mm. when I first started. Since we've started in this podcast, I've come to appreciate the older albums mm. much more than I previously did. Yeah. Because I've had to sit down and listen to them so yeah. much. Because you made me. And so you can see the massive shift in the way they're not only producing, but the sound of it. Mm. It's now such a different band. Yeah. I just wonder at this time, where if the old fans are going, what the hell's this? Mm. And new fans are listening to it and going, what the hell's this? Yeah. When they get this this old, you know, the leftover from the old days of yeah. these musical composition pieces. Yeah, I mean... I- I don't know whether this would appeal to the old, old fans, this track, just because it's a long and intricate musical passage. No. Just because the sound is so different. Yeah. I think this is probably a really good melding of the two halves, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, if you only know Genesis from That's All, so in America, you've heard That's All on the radio, you love it, so you go out and buy the album, and then you get Mama. And <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be quite and a shock. And Home by the Sea, really? yeah. sandwiching that. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a surprise. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting point. It's worth pondering, and maybe if people have opinions on that, they can let us know and we can talk about it in the future. Mm. This is this is very much harking back to the old style of cakey changes, but not the sound of it. No, but again, this this musical interlude shows how they're experimenting with their new sounds. Mm, it does. Um, I mean, we've, we, we're getting the drum machine, we're getting the keyboards, but they're being used in a different way. Mm. Rather than the long refrains and things, yeah. we're getting much punchier sounds. Yeah. And this musical interlude uh, really exaggerates that. Mm. We're getting, it's a Genesis musical interlude, but done using new instruments yeah. and new ways of using traditional yeah. instruments. Yeah. So it, it's, it sounds like, but not sounds like. Yeah. If you get what I mean. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I do understand what you mean. Wow. How did I manage that? <laughs> so you're comparing something like, for example, 11th Earl of Mar, which has a similar sort of build, breakdown, and then build back again yeah. to this, but the sound is very different. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. You know, this we're getting the whole range of all the new methods they're using mm. and putting it into this one musical composition. Yeah. You could literally sort of distill the album from this one track. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is, a, like you say, this is a distillation of all the sounds they've used on this album into one track. So in that way, this is the most representative track on of the this entire album. album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I, I think this is a great piece of music. I do. I think it's really, I think it's justifiably one of the better 80s Genesis tracks. I have to say that this one track, Home by the Sea and Second Home by the Sea, mm. is probably my favourite on this album. Really? Yeah. Mm. I, I love the whole the sound of it. I love Mama mm. for the power. Yeah. This one has got the power in the drums yeah. still. Not as much, but they're still powerful mm. and very vital. Mm. But it's got the story, the music, yeah. and you don't get bored listening to this yeah. track. You do love the story songs. You I do, do love, love the story songs, songs. Yeah. it's true. Yeah. So does Tony, apparently. Well, there you go. Me and Tony, I like yeah. that, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Down the pub every Wednesday. <laughs> ah. 
Well, alright, so they did play this on the, the Invisible Touch Tour, and I don't think they played it on the Weekend Dance When you tour. say they played this, did they play part of it, or the no, whole, the whole thing? thing? played the whole thing. Both, yep. both parts? Yep. Wow. They did a whole big audience participation bit before it. What, did people in the audience go, bum, diddy did dum, bum? No, no, before it. Oh, right, okay. Um, where they tried to contact the other world, which you can hear. It's on the um, Genesis Live at Wembley Stadium concert. Okay. Um, Did they manage it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's lovely. why, don't you remember, in the mid-80s, all those Invasion of Ghosts? Oh, I remember yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, they made a film about yeah, it. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. that documentary, Ghostbusters. That documentary, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but they played this again. I don't think they played it on the We, Can, we Can't Dance tour, um, but they did then bring it back for the Cornell Stations tour with Ray Wilson singing it. So shall we make a move on to the next track? You, you, you do that. I want to just check on this thing. Controversial track, that isn't it? Well, it is now, but was it then? I see. I don't think it was back. Then. I don't seem to recall any controversy at the time. No, I don't. I mean, I actually own the single of this, a twelve-inch single. Okay. Um, because it was it was one of my favourite ones back in the eighties. Mm. I didn't realise at the time that they cut out the uh, line about selling his sister for sex no. for these single. No, I didn't. I mean, I'm not even sure if it on the twelve inch single if they if it's got that version or not. I have to re-listen to it. It's been no. a long time since listening. When we when we put the um, yeah, I don't remember the, the, any controversy at the time, but we recently put something on the web page, didn't we? We did on the Facebook page. Yeah, um, I, I just basically asked our Facebook. Uh, followers whether they thought this track was racist or not um, and it, honestly overwhelmingly the answer is no people don't think it's racist which is surprising so is it that we are now more sensitive I got a feeling it might be now I'm gonna go into this a bit because I can see 100% why people might think it's racist you and I we are both white middle-class Europeans are we really the best people to judge whether this is racist or not? The controversial bit of it isn't aimed at our demographic. Mm. As we've said, because yeah. we talked about this quite heavily in the pub, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, we no, did. We drank heavily in the pub and talked about this. Yeah. And we were, we were saying, you know, is it actually racist, though? Because the song at no point mm. actually specifies a certain race. Yeah. It... I mean, despite the fact that it's sung with that accent, yeah. it doesn't actually yeah. say... Mexican or anything else mm. like that. It refers to people all around the world yeah. who are trying to get into different lands to get away from oppression or or depression or poverty or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think the important thing to remember is something for something to be racist, it has to be trying to be cruel or negative or undermine. disparage or undermine a particular demographic. Nothing about this song does that. No. 
with a couple of exceptions where we which we already mentioned the um, selling your sister for sex. Who hasn't done yeah. that? Yeah, and you could imply that you know the first, the opening line got out of bed wasn't feeling too good. It's playing into that old racist stereotype people have of Mexicans being lazy and shooting bottles out of the air. Which, yeah, which obviously isn't true. It's no. but that is the that is the racist stereotype. So it's kind of playing into that stuff with if you interpret it that way. But mm. in many ways, this is quite a supportive of people who are trying to cross the border. You know, it's saying there's a better life over there. I'm I'm not happy in this place. I'm trying to improve things. I'm making my I'm trying to improve myself. Yeah, I mean, over the border there lies the promised land. Yeah, I mean, you know, people have been saying that for years. You know. <sighs> Forever going to the it's, London it's because the, oldest, the streets are yeah. paved with gold. It's the oldest statement in the world: the grass is always greener somewhere else. Exactly. So, is that racist or is it not? And it's human nature, I think, I don't, rather yeah. than racism. Yeah, I don't think. I think it's racist. everybody, no matter where you live, you look at something and somebody's got a better house than you, hmm. got a better job than you, yeah, got better shoes than you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's always going to be. Everybody is. Uh, jealous of somebody mm. else's yeah. something or other. Yeah, and I think the controversy surrounding this song is heightened now because of the situation that the world finds itself in with regard to the rise of the far right. Now, yes, say that. Yeah. And I agree entirely. Yeah. However, the song back in 83. Mm hmm didn't help itself with that video. No. Now, whilst I don't think the song itself is racist... The video definitely is. I think the video does kind of... Yeah. Now, I get, I get the it's comments... It's funny. I, and it's, it's played for laughs. Yeah. But it's racist. I get the comments that it's only today's attitudes... Yeah, because yeah. we put that on, on our yeah. page as well. Which, which is 100% true. It's only yeah. today's attitudes that show it as racist. Yeah, I, I remember watching it at the time and it didn't occur to me that it might be racist. No, but that does not mean it wasn't racist. I no, because it definitely was. Because you take, you know, 70s British sitcoms like Love Thy Neighbour, something like, you know, sitcoms from the 80s. Hello, hello? Well, yeah, was was hello, hello, hello racist? I mean, technically, it was, because it was... It was also damn funny. It was taking the mickey out of the French, which is racist yeah, but at the end should. of the day. And the Germans. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but there's a, there's a fine line, isn't there, yeah. between racism and parody, I suppose. Yeah, but I think the song isn't racist in itself. It's trying to sh trying to put a humorous spin on the plight of an illegal immigrant. And it's actually very sympathetic to him. Doesn't paint him as a bad guy. Doesn't paint him as, as a terrible person or, you know, trying to get, no. get into the country for paint nefarious needs. Paint him as just somebody, somebody who's trying to improve themselves. Trying somebody, exactly. Whereas I think they take it too far in the video with the stereotypes. Yeah, definitely. They just totally go over the top with it. And, yeah. that, you know, Phil with his big moustache and yeah. brown um, face. It, well, they're wearing sombreros in exactly. the videos. I mean, it, there's no there's no ambiguity about where yeah. this is set. Yeah, but at the time it wouldn't have been considered racist. That does not mean it wasn't racist. No. And certainly times have changed. You know, sexism yeah. changes over time. So something that we would consider sexist now mm. wouldn't have been considered sexist in the 80s or the 70s. Doesn't mean it wasn't sexist. So, I, I, yeah, I'm kind of torn on this. With, with regard to the song being racist, I don't think it is racist. No, I agree. Yeah. The video is that. Yes. That said, do you like the song? I do like the song. It's mm. nice and upbeat. Yeah. It, it's... How do we describe it? I mean, because... 
when you listen to it now, that argument is at the back of your mind when yeah, you're listening exactly, to it. Yeah, exactly. So it's almost a guilty pleasure now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because you go, I'm enjoying this song. I really shouldn't. Though. Yeah. Because yeah. you're worried about. We're always. Everybody's always worried about being racist. Mm. You know, because nobody wants to put a foot wrong. Because it's it's so easy to offend people these days. Yeah, I mean, people do get offended about the littlest things, and I think. Some of that offence can be justified. Definitely. But some of it's just not at all. Yeah. And in many ways, it's not my job as a person or anybody's job to not offend people. Mm. It's it's people people taking offence at the littlest things. We go back to an argument we were just saying mm. about, you know, things like from the 80s. Like yeah. a lower low. Is a lower low offensive? Even the French don't find a lower low offensive. Yeah. So where do you draw the line? When does it become... When does a parody become offensive? Yeah, I suppose in many ways. Not that this is an Alo Alo podcast. Maybe, but that maybe, maybe we should do maybe that. Maybe we should do that. Because I love that show. But Alo Alo, in the same way as in Illegal Alien, the song, you know, Alo Alo, yeah, there's, you've got the character who's good moaning. Yes. But he's not a French character, he's an English character. Yeah, so the, pretending the, to be the French. The joke is, his French is awful. Yeah, so the joke is, we British are f- terrible at foreign accents. Yeah, exactly. So or, who, or learning foreign accents. So language. who's having the mickey taken out? Exactly. So I suppose in many ways that kind of is a good comparison because this, yeah, okay, Phil singing in kind of a, I don't know what the accent's supposed to be. It's kind of Mexican and Caribbean in some points. Yeah. It does actually stray, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yeah. Um, you know, he's not really taking the mickey out of them. Mm. It's not singular in its yeah. stereotyping. Yeah, he's not think. He's not targeting it. And he's not doing it for the purposes of hatred. No. Or to disparage them, as we said before. No. Um, it is It is to bring awareness of the plight of people trying to better themselves by moving. It's no fun being an illegal alien. Mm. I don't think anybody would argue that it is fun. No, although we may find out with Brexit as we try to leave the country. As we we try to get out of here. But yeah, like I say, I think a lot of it, obviously we're recording this just a week after a mass shooting in America where it was about immigration. So that sort of incident really puts this sort of song under the spotlight, I think. Definitely, yeah. But I don't, I don't think this is racist. No. I think it's... If you take the video of the, out of the equation, yeah. it isn't racist, yeah. I don't know. Um, I think it, and it's a great pop song. It's a great pop song. I mean, maybe, maybe it's, it's badly judged, maybe. The humour maybe not. What comedians say, you know, the joke maybe doesn't 100% land. But it's nice to hear Phil do a different accent than that comedy Cockney one he always yeah, does. Yeah, I suppose so. So he's trying... <laughs> he's, he's always trying to He's showing his full range yeah. here. Yeah. He can do funny Mexican or yeah. whatever as well. So, <laughs> yeah. you know. Jokey Caribbean. Jokey Caribbean. Um, but yeah, interesting fact about the video, just oh, before yeah? we go on to the song a bit more. Um, it was filmed back-to-back with the Mama video using the same sets. Really? Yep. There you go. So, yeah, there you are. I don't actually remember the Mama video. Ah, all right, well, I'll, I'll dig it and we'll watch it in a bit. Cheers. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the song, yeah, I like the song. I think it's a nice, poppy, upbeat number. I liked it enough to buy the single. Not when I, I wasn't a Genesis fan at that point. I bought it after the fact, um, after I came, became a fan. Um, but, yeah, I, I like it. It's a good song. But, yeah, you know, driving along with your windows down in your car, yeah. singing along. That's the thing now. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you're constantly worried. Not that I drive by many Mexicans. No, no. But, you know, it's, yeah. you, as yeah. I say, guilty pleasure now. Yeah, I mean, but it doesn't apply just to Mexicans, does it? I mean, yes, he's singing it in a Mexican accent in the video. It makes it very clear it's Mexicans. But, yeah, this could apply to any mm. immigrants in but, any country. But we agree. Good song. Good song. I enjoyed it, yeah. yeah. So, here's an interesting fact. Oh, the, yeah? The trumpet that's playing in the song. Yeah. That's not a sample. 
That's Phil playing the trumpet. Get out of town. Yeah, it's Phil playing the trumpet. Wow. Yeah, that's So he's not just blowing his own trumpet. He's, he's literally blowing his own trumpet. Yeah, exactly. There so, you go. Yeah, yeah, there's commitment for you. Wow. Um, and also, just go, to go back to whether this song's any good or not, this was number 13 in Blender Magazine's top 50 worst songs of all time. I know. And I don't know quite why it gets that. All oh, right, it's, it's kind of cheesy. Mm, but Definitely it's, cheesy. It's a good tune. Yeah. More than anything else. Yeah, I, I wonder if people would like it better if it didn't have those lyrics. And it's exactly the same music, yeah. but with different lyrics. Say, uh, even though we didn't find it offensive at the time, somebody may have. Yeah. And if you do find it offensive, that's absolutely fine. I personally don't find it offensive, but I appreciate at the same time... It could be seen It as. is not the demographic that would find it offensive. Yeah, some, some so, people could find yeah. it offensive. So, so please, so. don't send hate... Yeah. Don't send us hate. Just send love. We, we, and money. No. Yeah. Just love. Yeah. Just please. love. But it, but by all means, if you have a different opinion, let us know. Yeah, please. We're always willing to hear your opinion. Yeah. And we do enjoy... Um, we've had a few uh, emails lately. We have. And they've been greatly appreciated. Great. We, liked, we like talking to you and hearing what your thoughts are. So yeah. that's always fun. Tell you what I don't like hearing. Yeah. The sounds of that fish screaming. Oh. Oh, no. I think it's cooking. What do you think? It's definitely stopped moving. Good enough for me. We're going to the next track. Let's take it All the fields like shadows creeping around. You're much too scared. Taking it all too hard. I'm not baking it all too hard. That'll be fine. No, the last track. Oh, oh, right. Oh, right. Taking it all too hard. So, what do you think of that one? Um, no, really. What did you think of that one? It's all right. It's very reminiscent of a Phil ballad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. This could this could be on one of Phil's albums. Hmm. I know they're going for the new poppy sort of radio-friendly sound. Yeah. And I know we've used radio-friendly far too many times. Yeah. But. This is a radio-friendly sound. And funnily enough, it was released as a single in the US. No. It wasn't released in the UK as a single, though. No, I don't remember it as a single. Um, had an absolutely terrible cover of them just hitchhiking, I think, next to a sign. Um, but they didn't, it, didn't really know. I mean, apart from Illegal Alien. <laughs> they didn't really know what to do with the videos on this album, if they released they? Illegal Alien as a single in the US. I didn't look that up. Hmm. Anyway, that's by the way. Yeah. So, no, it was, this was their last single released... From this album, um, it was the last single they they released in America until they released Invisible Touch. Yeah, it's a nice enough track. Yeah, it's fairly, it's, it's pleasant. It's... But it's mm... see, I would say this is a very good B side. Yeah, but it's just a bit. Don't get me wrong, I don't mind it. Mm. No, I've, I've literally I've got nothing bad to say about the track. But I've also not got anything good to say yeah. about it. To be fair, on this album so far, this is my least favourite track. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere. No, it doesn't. No. But it's it's 
pleasant enough. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not. It's n you're not going to reach. You're not going to get up off your chair and flip. Yeah. Because it's pleasant enough to continue listening, mm. but it's never going to get to your top 1,000 Genesis tracks, is it? No, no. It would no. be fairly low down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pleasant enough. It goes by, and that's it. And it's gone by. Yeah. And that's by. it. Anything else to say to that? <laughs> no. No. So, it's all right. Sorry if this is your favourite track on the album. It's just a bit... It's yeah. just a bit bland. Yeah. Well, not really even bland. It's not. It's, it's just not, there. It's not interesting enough to be bland. No, that's it. <laughs> that is exactly it. It's not. But not interest. Not dull enough to make you get up. But not interesting enough for you to notice. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think they wrote this as just another job to do? So can you give me a job to do? Yeah, um, flip those fried oranges over. Fried orange? Hey, it'll work. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> All right, then. So that track, just a job to do. What did you think? Now, I like this track. It's yeah. very fast, very punchy. Yeah. And, really, well, it's quite good. Well punchy. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm going to say, right, is I really, really didn't like this track. Why not? But... Since listening to the album intensively for the last few weeks to, to do this podcast, I really, really like it now. I've always liked this track. It's fast, punchy. The music yeah. really starts off quick, mm -hmm. quickly paced. There's no musical intro to yeah. this. It just bounces straight in there. And yeah. I find that intro and then Phil's insistent lyrics mm. as they come in. I just find this a nice, fast-paced track. I think yeah. it works really well, especially Hon after the last track, which was so slow. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would have skipped over this track before I just I just couldn't get into it at all but now since listening to the album I was like actually this is a really really good track it is really it is. really good and I, I especially love that uh, nice little 80s yeah I love that I, just, I really like track honestly if you'd have asked me before we started doing this podcast if you asked me I, I would have said this was a terrible track but it's grown on me I like it I like the lyrics with the story song as well although it doesn't tell a specific story it's a character yes um, and yeah, I've just, I've just really grown to love it. It's really a kind of funky drum and bass line. It's, re it's really weird, isn't it? I mean, we've, we've listened to these albums over the years, mm. but it's not until we've done this podcast where we've actually sat down and listened to the albums intensively. Yeah, exactly. That somehow some tracks that you've always loved have now gone to the background of some tracks that you never really appreciated yeah. before. Some of the, some of my all-time favourite tracks mm. on albums, I now look at and go, you know, actually, that's my second favourite on that yeah. album. Um, and I actually like this one instead. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really weird how... I don't know if it's because over time your musical tastes change, yeah. so you become more appreciative of other tracks, mm. or whether it's I was now listening to these tracks properly instead yeah. of skipping them. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I mean, in many ways, 
based on that, I'm actually now quite looking forward to calling all stations. You take that back! <laughs> but because I've not really given it much of a listen, I've, I have listened to it, but I've not really delved into it very, very intensively. So from that point of view, I'm kind of waiting to see if we can find some sort of hidden gems in that. But anyway, that's in the future. That album's not going to be released for another 12 years. Wow, so. <laughs> how time will fly. Yeah. So, um, back to this track. But yeah, I, I really didn't like this. Didn't care for it at all. And uh, spoiler alert a little bit, mm. after Illegal Alien, I would usually have stopped playing this album. Really? In, in the past. I would have listened to the first tried, listened to Illegal Alien, then I'd have got up, taken the album off and put a different album on. Wow. Um, so I, I, I've so, always liked this track. Mm. I like its punchiness. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's quite energetic. Yeah, it, so it is. It I've is. always. I've always enjoyed it. It is. It really drives along, and it, like you say, it's got a sense of urgency to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I really like it now. I'm. I'm with you. I. Lo- I love it. I think it's a good track. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. My idea of doing this podcast <laughs> has changed your mind of this track. <laughs> oh how we we laughed. How deep. The knife cuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, but that is kind of true because yeah. you wanted to do this podcast mm. to, to make me more appreciative. Yes. And it's worked for you too. It has, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I mean, it's, it's really so it hasn't all been a colossal waste of time. It hasn't. hasn't. The many hours we've put into this, well, we have a lot not of hours. totally wasted. A lot of hours. Despite what our wives say. <laughs> so yes. there you go. Exactly. Um, but yeah, a, a very 80s keyboard sound, like I say. Um, yeah, but that, that's retro, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, It's now kitsch, or yeah. whatever the phrase. Kitsch, yeah, yeah. yeah. Down um, with the kids. Um, uh, th- th- I don't think this track was ever performed live. No? On this album especially, they didn't perform a lot of the tracks live. That's surprising, because so. I, th- I imagine this would be quite an energetic one to live. Mm. Yeah, you can imagine the light show. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there you go, didn't play it. Wait. That's a shame. But yeah, I think this is probably my favourite track on this second side, to yeah, be honest. it's really, really um, good. And again, I wouldn't have said that two years ago. Before we started this podcast, I'd still said Illegal Alien was the good track on this side. But... See, I kind of like this side. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I, I love the, the previous side. Mm. But I yeah. I like this side too. Yeah, well, let's see how I'm we go. I'm a two-side kind of guy two in this side album. Two-side kind of guy. On it's this album. Two sides yeah. live. Two sides live on this <laughs> album, yeah. So, yeah, anything else you want to say about that? Not a thing. I couldn't really uncover many facts about this track. No, it's it's kind of not out there, is it? No, no. There's not a lot to be said. No, it just seems like it's just just a track on an album by Genesis. Just a job you just do. Just a job you do. Mm. But I do like it, um, and I, I I would listen to it again. Good. Ten out of ten would listen again. Good. Right. Good. <laughs> so moving swiftly along. Moving along swiftly along to, to the silver rainbow trout. You need to check it in the oven. It's going to burn. Oh. If you're walking home beside her And you know what time it is And if you avoid the puddles in your way You haven't been there either To the land that lies 
drum beat. It's got a good beat. It's got a good beat, and you can <laughs> tap your feet to it. Um, um, yeah. No, I've always liked this track. I, I like it. I like yeah. the simple drum beat that mm. goes through it and the intro to it. I've always liked. It's almost kind of this album for me is almost like a precursor to drum and bass. Mm. Hey. In the fact that it's mostly carried by the drum and the bass line mm. through quite a lot of the tracks on this album. I see. Not the fast drum and bass <laughs> that we, could, we will come to know in the future. I see. But, you know, it's got that yeah. synth yeah. drum that... All right, pure drum and bass is a lot faster. Yeah. But this is almost like a precursor to that in the, in the way that the songs are mm. delivered from the bass line. And this is a well, good example of that, I think. Well, I'm not sure I agree with you. Tony Banks loves this track. He says he... he Told he, you, me and Tone. He or is it me and Mike? He considers it one of his favourites. See, I should hang out with Genesis more, because we're, yeah. we're so alike. Yeah. Um, I honestly think it's terrible. <laughs> really? <laughs> really, really awful. I just think the music just is all right, but it doesn't seem to go anywhere, and then it ends. Uh, I think the lyrics are just... Meh. I mean, what are the lyrics about? What do you think they're about? It's the silver rainbow, isn't it? Yeah, which is? It's like a rainbow, but it's like silver. See, the consensus seems to be it's either about a zip on a gentleman's trousers, or it's about gentleman's relish. Yes. Because all the all the lyrics are about sex. So the silver rainbow is your zipper or your your relish. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> See the images come to mind now. Oh, that's my yeah. innocence destroyed. <laughs> innocence. All right, semi innocence. Try again. Oh, lordy. <laughs> um, no, I had uh, yeah. I got the the influences uh, influences to mm. sex and yeah. But oh, no, no, I try not. I try not to picture gentlemen's. It's areas. right. It's right there in the lyrics. Yeah, I know it is. I know it is. <laughs> but but you don't know if you're coming or going. Come on, it couldn't be any more blatant. <laughs> you're ruining this for me. Good. Should be ruined. It's a terrible track. I liked it. Oh, Emphasis on liked. Like um, now. Now I can't even think about it. <laughs> it's so distressing. No, no, I, I, I did get the, the, the references, yeah. um, but I never got the reference to the zip. Mm. No, I didn't really. So um, um, That's yeah. an interesting idea, mm. and when you think about what's going on in the song, mm. the different scenarios that are put forward, yeah. yes, I can I can see what the Silver Rainbow might be referring to mm-hmm. in regards to zip. Yes. Um, but that never occurred to me at the time. But What did you think it was about then? What do you think the silver rainbow was? Look, we're not going down that. I thought it was a rainbow and it's silver. That, that's, that's it. I'm not going to... Oh, my dear Gary, you have been naive. <laughs> but I must... No, we're not going down... No, we're not going to do that. Um, as you know, I'm a very shallow man. You are. Um, very shallow. Extraordinarily shallow. Uh, so I've ne- it never really occurred to me hmm. to think along those lines. Okay. I, I just I, I just like the tune. So did you not think the song was about sex then? Yeah, I did think the song was about sex. The, you ob- can get the references. Obviously, the other way to interpret the lyrics are it's about being so much in love that you're kind of oblivious to everything else around you going on. So, See, you that, know, when, when you're sitting there beside her and a bear comes in the room... You keep on going because you're unaware. It's like you don't really know. It's because oh, I'm so in love with you. Uh, I now have my face mauled off by this bear I didn't notice. I've been on dates. Mm. You were dating the bear, though. That is, that is actually true. <laughs> yeah, and this girl came into the room. And you didn't notice. I didn't notice. <laughs> uh, me and Beers. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of more it. Mm. I was more thinking it was a love sort of scenario yeah. than gross. 
sort gross of ickiness. Gross men's yes, area a kind of thing. Horrible ickiness. I don't like it. I don't want to touch it. Yes, yes. So that. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. So no, I. I yeah. Too shallow. Hmm. Too shallow. You don't read meaning into. No, that that's <laughs> that's going to be written on my grave. Yeah. Too shallow. Too Should shallow. Should be deeper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good uh, gravestone. It would. Yeah. This man needs burying much deeper. <laughs> yeah. 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 But no, no. I like the track. It's mm. a good enough track. No. I know you don't. I don't. I know. Never played it live. No. Tony Banks thought it would go further. He thought it would be more popular than it is. <laughs> thought it'd go further. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, he wrote the lyrics, so he's biased. But I mean, he's just nonsense. I just, yeah. I've got, I really haven't got anything good I can say about this. It's I kind of like the sort of the marimba sampled marimba keyboard sound at the start. Yeah. But no, right. I'm not keen so, on it. I liked it. You didn't. I did not. Let's move on. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, but talking about gentleman's relish, <gasps> do we need to add that to the recipe? No. Oh. Ooh. Get better, you think? No, the song. It's oh, get better. Oh, right. What yeah. What do you think of the song? Ah, uh, you've been possessed by Boris Johnson. No, no, out, no, no. damn. <laughs> the thing is, this whole track is a lie. Mm-hmm. I've seen the next album. It's not all gonna get better. Controversial. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Getting ahead of myself. No, I like this track. It's a good. It's a good. Mm finale for this album I see think. I I'm gonna slightly disagree with you there because oh, it's gonna end fighting again because I quite like this track mummy daddy stop fighting <laughs> is it my fault <laughs> um, I quite like this track um, but I don't think it's a good track to end on I think it, it's kind of a bit of a, a whimper more than a bang it is a whimper but they started with a bang mm. so it's kind of nice that they go out with a whimper I think well, I mean if you think about the last good in my opinion the last good album ending track was on Duke. They went out with a crash and a bang. And a that is true, they did. And they then Abacab, they had uh, another record. Which, which so, was yeah. nothing, yeah. Which made you want to put another record on. It did. And then they've done it again with this. It's just, it's, I, I just don't think, although I like the song itself, I just think it's quite a weak way to end the album. Musically, it's kind of soothing. Mm. You know, it's relaxing. Yeah. And it's sort of like we've had the fun of the album, mm. and now we're going out on a slightly yeah. relaxing, winding down note. Yeah, which is fine. But you know what I would have ended the album with? What? Home by the Sea. Yeah, but then that would have meant you'd had a relatively uneven side two until mm. the last track. Yeah, but then uh, no spoilers. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of side two. Anyway, let's go back to this track specifically. <laughs> yeah. So, 
it's got a sample at the start of a classical album. It Tony's, has. Tony sampled it and used that in there. So Yeah, none of that was actually them performing yeah. or anything they've had specifically mm-hmm. performed. It was ripped directly. Yep. So that, there's that. I mean, yeah, they played this live on, on the Mama Tour, yeah. Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised about that. So um, it's not a great track. No, I, I, I would like to see the Mama video actually. Maybe we'll dig it out and, and watch it. Maybe we'll do another commentary. Who knows? The version that they played live was also the version that was the B side of the Mama single. The 12 inch version of which was extended, had extra verses and different music and stuff in it. And that was the version they played live. So that wasn't the album version, which is a bit weird. Yeah, that's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do like the track. I think it's a really good, nice, interesting track. Well, I wouldn't say. Great. It's not a great, it's not a great track. It's a good track. Musically, it's interesting. Yeah. Lyrically, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's not great. No, I mean it's going to get better. It's kind of a hopeful message, I suppose, to end the album. Only you know, it's going to get better. But it isn't. It starts with a feeling. But yeah, I just think it's a bit of a weekend in it. It's a good track. I like it. It's not a great track. I wouldn't take it off the album. No, no, I wouldn't. But no. I wouldn't end the album with it, which they have done. I don't see. I don't mind it being an end because mm. I think it's a slow fade out for the mm. album, which which was fine by me. Mm. But I can see your point. Mm. I think it's those new jeans it's you're wearing. Yes, it's jeans. Yeah, but um, no, I'm fine with it. Yeah. At this point in the album, I'm fine with it there, and I'm fine with it as a song. It's just a bit. Uh, mm. It's it's not one you find yourself. You'll sing along to it in the yeah. car or what have you. But it's Richard! like that. <laughs> you know, not not quite like that, but something similar. Yeah. Um, obviously, so much better. Mm-hmm. But it's again not one that you're going to put into a top 1,000 Genesis tracks. No, I mean I don't think you put it on a compilation of best Genesis tracks. Definitely not. If you were going to do like the the top 20 best Genesis tracks, and then the next 20. To be honest. And then the next 20. Yeah. And then the next. 20, to be honest, you wouldn't even put it on. And the, then the next 20. You wouldn't even put it on the top. <laughs> Ten of this album, <laughs> would you really? I would, really. Yeah, there's only eight tracks. All right, let me rephrase <laughs> that. If you were doing a compilation of the best of this album, mm. it wouldn't be in there. So if you ordered this album by the Christ, this is getting too complicated. <laughs> if you put this album in order of tracks you liked, it wouldn't be in the top. It would be towards the end. Mm. Yeah. As it is on the album, <laughs> you see yeah. why they put it there. Yeah, well, this would be. This would be third from the end for me in that case. Oh, you just don't. You can't let it go, can you? <laughs> right. Okay. But anyway, I wouldn't. I wouldn't end. Maybe it could end with that's all. Ended with that's all, maybe. Uh, that's just because it's got the words that's all. Mm. Yeah. No other reason though, is there? No. But maybe they've only finished put this on the end because he's got the words. He's going to get better in it. But it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, they should have put this at the start, and then you'd have gone, "What's this album?" And then Mama would have come on. You go, "Oh no, we're right. It's going to get better." But anyway. yeah, yeah, they could have done that. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, me too. Because Mama was the best way to start the album. Yeah, yeah. quite. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's all right. It's a good song. Right. Don't think it should have ended the album with it. So that's all the tracks. That is all the tracks. Do you want to talk about what you think of this album as a whole? Yes, let's do that. So, what do you think of this album as a whole? Yeah, fifty-fifty. Really? Yeah. I think it's a quite a quite a strong album. See, I, I think I might have said this in the Abacab podcast, but I might not have. Um, I think they could have taken the weak tracks from this album and the weak tracks from Abacab and thrown them away and made one very strong album out of the remaining tracks. Uh, no, we're not supposed to talk about things that are coming in the future, but mm. uh, I don't think they've got a whole album's worth of decent stuff coming. If Spoilers. you'd started from Abacab... Mm. 
I'm not entirely sure you'd have got a double L mm. after the remaining decent stuff. Well, hmm, that's for the future. It is for the future. Um, They've changed their, their sound so much mm. now. This is almost a new band. Yeah. Do you think this new band works? Uh, yeah, I do. For the most part. Well, that ended that conversation rather quickly, didn't it? <laughs> I was expecting something a little more in-depth yeah, at that point. For the most part, I think... The, like I said, I can't really talk about the band as a band without talking about the album. I think they should have got rid of... Um, I would have said in the past, it's just a job to do. But I think they should have got rid of uh, Taking It All Too Hard, uh, Silver Rainbow, and possibly it's going to get better and taking them off the album. I'd agree with you, apart from Silver Rainbow, which mm. I did like. Yeah. So I thought that worked fine on this album because yeah. it, it was musically it was of a similar theme. Mm. I think that worked fine. But the other two tracks, yeah, I think they should have taken those off because they were too ballady yeah. for the kind of music they're currently trying to produce. Mm. Yeah. What they've got at the moment are radio friendly. I know ballads are radio friendly, but they're trying to go for these punchy songs with this drum beat yeah. that's driving it. And then you've got these two ballads that really don't kind of work with that yeah. sound. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. So they're still they're still messing around with the sound they're trying to achieve mm. they still haven't got where they plan to go I, I just think. think it sounds like two different albums the first side really good different sounding track with Mama mm -hmm. and you've got kind of an upbeat pop song with That's All and then an almost traditional prog rock song with Home by the Sea definitely and then you go into the second side and it's all just run of the mill yes. so it's yeah I mean Tony Banks described this album as side one being the main course and side two being more character pieces. But I'd have said side one's the main course and side two's the filler. Definitely, yeah. Um, I, I just don't... I'd... Side two's the cheese board, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Whereas side one is like you know, yeah. something interesting. And some of the cheese is palatable, but some of it's gorgonzola. Oh, no, no, no. And Edam. Yeah. Yeah, we don't, we so... don't do Edam, do we? Yeah. Too rubbery. Yeah. And the album's listenable. I'm going to say something very controversial now. Hang on, I, might, myself. I might get pilloried for by fans. Yeah. I think this is the weakest album they've done so far. Really? Yes. See, I like the album. It's one of my favourite albums of this next sound that they're doing, yeah, which it. started with Abacab. I don't think this stands up as an album. I think it stands up as a whole album. I don't think it stands up. Yeah, there's too many filler tracks and not enough good, solid music. I think it's going to be a little while. I think, yeah, I, this wouldn't be in my top ten albums. I'm going to disagree with you and say this is one of my favourite albums mm. of this current period of the, the yeah. musical stylings. So I think Mama and possibly Home by the Sea would probably make it to my top ten tracks, but this album would not be in my top mm. ten. It's one of the few albums where I don't fast-forward through mm. tracks. Yeah, see, that's completely different to me. Yeah. There you go, so difference of opinion there from the... Fella. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So there you go. Yeah. So anything else to say about this album? No, no. Um, I'm looking forward to the next one. Wow. I've um, heard it. I'm I can't believe you're saying that. One. Well, yes, but but yeah. Did you smell something? something? But oh, damn. Hang on. Let me get this. Uh, let me turn that off. How much time have we got left? We've got about 13 seconds. Bloody hell. Oh. Get it out of the oven, plate it up, we're nearly out of time. 
When you say plate up, do you mean scrape and place? Yeah, stuck a bit, isn't it? Cemented might be a better word. And as for the fish, well... Maybe a tad overdone. Hmm. We'll serve it in the tray! If people can serve food on a slate and charge extra for it, we should be onto a winner serving out of metal. Yeah, not sure about your thinking. What? You don't think it's sound? No, I'm not sure you're doing any. Shut up, shut up. Time's almost up. Just try and make it look pretty. How in God's name am I supposed to do that? Put a sprig of parsley on it, obviously. That's it, stop, stop. We have. Calm down, man, calm down. We do really honestly appreciate the amount of work and effort you put into this. Look out, they're coming over to us. Why are we always first? It looks an absolute disaster. Bit harsh. He must have been amazed when that came out and sat upright. Considering what we put it through, I'm surprised it's not filing a grievance. What's that sauce thing that's going on? That's not sauce. I think the fish is a bit runny. Ahem. <clears throat> I think my friend means juicy and packed with flavour. O-M-G. Just give it a chance. Right, let's try this. Weird. They should... No, they shouldn't be together. It's just pretty nasty, unfortunately. The fish is overcooked. This rui is, is, is quite unusual. Unusual in a good way? Never actually eaten underlife. <laughs> There's your cab fare home. You could be needing that later. This is all a bit harsh. You haven't even tried anybody else's yet. We did the best we can. Gary even burnt his fingers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And oddly, his feet. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I did that. Fish ain't your thing. What's good on here is the root veg. What root veg? Simon, did we do root veg? He means the carrots. I thought they grew on trees. No, you're thinking of cauliflowers. Oh. I watched lots of contestants. You are really bad. Bad. Who the hell do you think you are? We did our best. Simon personally peeled some of the veg with his teeth. With his teeth! Now, doesn't that show commitment? Look, we just wanted a chance, and maybe the beef didn't turn out quite right. It was a fish. Really? But you had to let us finish and do our pudding. I promise you won't re- Here, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, no. Jeez, you, uh, are you all right? That went all over your shoes and the camera. <coughs> Two buckets to the studio floor, please. So, if we win... Mm, I'll tell you what, no worries. Keep the trophy. I'm not bothered about winning anyway. Where are the carrots? I was wondering that. Well, uh, don't worry. We'll show ourselves that. Come on, Simon. <laughs> How does he keep doing that? Mops to studio floor. Someone call a doctor. Well, how do you think that TV presence did for our pub's publicity? Shouldn't worry. I doubt they will hear that episode anyway. Should take a while to clean the studio and get the camera working again, I should think. So, back to the pub. Up north? Yes, but one more stop before we get home. It's all part of my plan. Oh, can I quit yet? No. 
We've got beef to catch. to the Revelation Station podcast. You can find us at www.revelationstationpodcast.com. This episode was written by Gary Starr, edited by Simon Heldrick, produced by Simon Heldrick and Gary Starr. That's it for me facts there.